The Business of Agriculture is brought to you by Land Trust. Have you heard how landowners are increasing profitability by adding recreation to their portfolio of land use? Millions of outdoor recreators seek wide open spaces for bird watching, photography, hunting, fishing, horseback riding, and many other farm and ranch activities. Landowners are partnering with the Recreation Access Network Land Trust. Land Trust is an online platform connecting recreators with landowners for outdoor experiences on their land to increase profitability. Visit landtrust.com/boa as in business of agriculture to learn more. That's landtrust.com/boa. Greetings and welcome to the Business of Agriculture podcast. It's me, your host, Damian Mason, but you already knew that because it said so in the introduction. I got a fantastic show for you today, a recurring, not recurring, but returning guest. His name is Jason Mock. Uh, if you keep up on social media, he's really, really out there, cutting edge, doing some cool stuff. Some people think he's crazy. Some th- people think he's a savant. I think he's somewhere in between. I like the guy. He's only an hour from my farm in Indiana, which is why it's easy to have him on. Also, there's a great reason to always have him on the Business of Agriculture because he's always doing something different. It's not just the same old thing about, well, it's what granddad did. I'm going to go out and do it the same way. Hell, he doesn't do things the same from uh, from like August to May, let alone how grandpa, grandpa did it. So anyway, we're talking about creating your own ag economy. That's really what we're talking about here today with his latest venture. We're going to get into that. By the way, welcome to the show, Jason. Thanks for having me, Damon. And th- Damien, yes, and thank I you for it. having me. Yeah, well, you, you've got a problem. He's a little <laughs> bit ADHD. He actually makes me look calm, this guy. So uh, if he gets my name wrong, it's just because his mind's going nine different directions all at the same time. Reminder, dear listener, that the Business of Agriculture podcast is available as an audio wherever you get your audio podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, but also it's a video. So please do go to YouTube. And if you want to see what we're talking about, we're going to be holding up a graphic here later on, a rendering of what this latest venture is going to look like. And so you might want to see that. So go to YouTube. It's just the Damian Mason channel, D-A-M-I-A-N, Damian Mason channel, and just hit like, and then all of a sudden subscribe, and you'll be subscribed to my YouTube channel. Uh, This episode is brought to you by Land Trust. As you already heard, it's also brought to you by my friends at Extreme Ag. Extreme Ag, that's X-T-R-E-M-E, extremeag.farm, cutting edge, big yield minded, forward thinking farmers from all around the country created this thing and they are trialing new products and doing new experimental things on uh, corn, soybean, rice uh, production that you can learn from. So check out the work I'm doing with them to create new content you can learn from. But in the meantime, stay tuned right here. Jason Mock, creating your own ag economy. When I was down here last year, we talked about you buying a meat processing facility. Um, you're not you're not the braggy type. You're always always thinking ahead. You're always looking at new ways of doing something. Your meat processing venture you just got into last year, you're up four to five times from where you were just a year ago on terms of revenue and sales, right? Yeah, but we had quite a bottom there with covid (laughs) (laughs) all right so you're you're uh you're always your background real quick for somebody doesn't know you you were raised around this you went away and worked uh in industry and then had your own business and came back to it quick background on jason mock quick background uh you know uh high school sports teams to uh, college one room for me at the farm went to indianapolis sold insurance uh, direct sales, home improvements, started a landscape business. Dad got cancer, back to the farm, kind of take his shoes. And in the last five or 10 years, it's just been really five or six years kind of creating this network. Okay. So you came in, you came back to the ranch here about when? 
uh, 2011 was my first crop. Okay, so responsible so we for. just finished our 11th season uh, of you being back, and uh, as we're recording this, uh, November of 2021. Um, you, I, I thought it was neat when I met you that you were all about. Uh, beyond commodity production. Last time was like, you know, these guys want to chase bushels. They want to chase bushels. You want to chase customers. You want to chase profit. And we're talking about creating your own ag economy. What's that mean to you? Uh, it means not being a victim, honestly, to be blunt, because you really get burnt out going to the coffee shops and people, you know, China or Trump or whatever these keywords are. And if if you're supply chain your today, economy, today, today it's supply chain. Uh, su- yeah, yeah, supply chain. Yeah, supply chain. I can't, uh, I can't, um, I can't drink chocolate milk this morning because of supply chain. Anyway, everybody's got the supply chain. Supply chain, China, Trump. Yeah, you got it. Biden tariffs, whatever that word is. So you looked at this whole thing and said, when you're a commodity producer, which you're good at. I mean, you guys are here. You're in some really good soils. You're, uh, you know, Indiana. Uh, I got some great ground and you're from a agricultural family that grew corn and soybeans and had, uh, had hog barns, commodity grade contract type hog barns, right? Yes. And yep. so you said, I don't want to just be a victim. What's that mean? Well, I mean, that, that all goes down to taking responsibility and creating that whole, uh, economy from the ground up. So, uh, you know, I'm a big math dork. I like derivatives, which is just basically uh, what actually is relevant in pushing the needle on something. So as I got out of landscaping and I went to farming, you know, I I spoke, I didn't make much sense. We were just growing one crop because, you know, I would plant tulips the fall. They would come up. I'd have pansies and petunias and fall. You'd have cabbage and and design all these things. So I start looking at time and space and then, it's went beyond that now with the network and, and, um, and just can it's now it's a connection economy. Okay. So wait a minute. First off, the idea is, um, you're saying creating your own ag economy because you think that too many times in commodity production, there's a bunch of things you can't obviously control. You can't control your weather. You also can't control the pricing. You can set pricing. You can do marketing. You can do uh, risk, risk management. You can hedge and, and all those kinds of things, but you still feel like maybe the biggest problem is, you're you're a little bit beholden to forces you can't do anything about right and then it just becomes a a, a race to the bottom you know uh, and then it becomes who well well and then it always becomes in commodity production who can be bigger and cheaper who can be bigger and cheaper bigger and cheaper bigger cheaper make more produce more and then your margins get squeezed 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 that's what commodity production looks like whether it's coal steel or corn right yeah Okay, so you're looking at that, and then you're saying, I want to be more in charge of my own uh, revenues. And so tell me your thinking on that. Like you said, you came about it having run your own landscaping business. If you only had one client and you only did one thing, let's say just put in seed grass, Mm -hmm. you'd be beholden to one big client that just says, go seed grass, right? Right. And so farming is just a reverse algorithm of the landscape contracting because so i could go out and get a million dollars for the business i could go out and get a million acres if i bid five hundred dollars an acre and right. that's that's just what you see so for us to really create value we have to do packaging and that's why i went to relay cropping this is why i'm kind of building this vertically integration thing by looking at unit evaluation so a little tangent with landscaping i go out and get a thousand dollar account with big condos and have 
20 man hours. Well, I got to have all this labor. If I build my own package, I go to the nice neighborhood. I get these really nice small yards. I make them look real nice. I charge them 80 bucks, but it only takes me 10 minutes to mow that with a guy weed eating. I package 10 of them together. Now my return on time goes mm -hmm. up three, four X. Mm -hmm. So that went into the relay cropping where if I space the crops out further, I get more plant yield. I add two entities or three entities. I get aggregate yeah. and create margin. And that's what's lost is this market equilibrium victim competing thing where we all try to go out and see how much we can get a one crop. But if we just add entities and layers to that, that's how we actually create value. Yeah. So your big thing is looking at the farming model is clearly, like we said, it's about more, more bushels and, uh, and hopefully lowering your costs and that's all fine, but that doesn't work for you because you're saying, what about if I can capitalize on time more? And also, it tends to be very capital intensive. If you're going to just be a commodity roller, you're going to have to have a boatload of capital tied up. You're talking about doing things with less capital intensive uh, practices, right? Yeah. And and then that's where the little tangent of connection economy goes on. How we get there is through collaboration, which is out of the mindset of competing with commodities because the neighbor kind of turns into competition for that new land. Yeah. So it's it's a different world. All right. So talk about collaboration. So um, one of your thoughts was uh, before you even bought Muncie Meats was to inter intersperse. Is that the right word? I don't know if intersperse is the right word. Interact, inter commingle, whatever the words you want to use. You started doing a thing where you're putting livestock into your cropping system, and I know everybody's like, "Oh, this is crazy." Now we're talking. We're not talking about the old days, Jason. Where it was like, "Yeah." I spread manure on that field when the crops come off. We've been doing that for you know centuries. You're talking about putting animals out there within the growing stuff. I remember seeing that one of your posts on social media. I'm like, oh, that's really interesting. What was the result? What was the inspiration? Agronomically, it worked fantastically. Our organic farm. Our problem was we we planted CBD hemp, and that market kind of went kapui. Mm -hmm. uh, we planted popcorn. We had chickens. We got everything marketed through our kiosk. It did really well. But just seeing how that worked agronomically, how we replaced our fertilizer with manure, how we replaced mowing it with, with teeth and making these natural algorithms really attracted a lot of uh, kind of this gravity well of intellectual thought into that. And, and I'm wearing this shirt, stock mm -hmm. cropper, if mm -hmm. you can see. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Check out Zebulus Prime on uh, on Twitter or Stock Cropper. Okay, Stock Cropper. What's Stock Cropper doing? Why does it matter? So Stock Cropping is the cross-leveraging in plants and animals. So that same thought process with packaging. Now we can put the rows out to 90 or 100 inches, plant them a little bit thicker, get our fertilizer and derive that from animals. And then what actually walks off the farm mm. is it doesn't have to be processed. We sell that meat directly. Okay. The animals though are out there in your field. That means they're eating your crops. That's the first response. Well, where's your have. crops going anyway? Uh, well, that's true. So is that what the answer so is? Combined by a John Deere with a grain card and back to the feed mill. Right. Why don't we just, why don't we just, uh, you know, bypass the machinery? It, yeah. Feed it closed loop, get yeah. an old government bin out there. And put your crops in there and feed it to the animals and, what's and market it. What's that. an old government been? Uh, three or four or 5,000. Okay. Uh, okay. You're talking about a small grain bin. Okay. So yeah. the point you're saying is we're the old thing about adding value by walking the, walking the crop off the 
farm by putting it through livestock, but you're saying don't even do the thing of, uh, you know, used to be your new idea, corn picker, then it morphed into the John Deere combine. You're saying why bother with the combine and the grain cart and all the handling? Let's let them eat it right there. Right. What do we do, though, when it comes uh, November through about uh, May when there's nothing growing? We take the burden off our shoulders that we have to feed the world, and we we time and we use animal species that can finish out in the growing season. We use them as an, a tool in our tool belt, and I'll work. So how long does it take for a pig to come out of the sow and it's 300 pounds? Yeah. Uh, you're talking, what is that, about four and a half to five months? Seven. Is seven it seven? Months. Seven months, okay. So if we... You know, we might have the sow somewhere else, and we get that pig in late April, early May. And we utilize it's small, along with the crop and the cover crops. They wait out there in September, October, everything's walking off the field. But in that same time, just like a Mexican restaurant, how long does it take you to get your, your uh, chicken chimichanga? Uh, it takes a little bit longer. The chips and salsa <laughs> are out quick, though, but yes. Um, why do you ask this? Going back to the livestock production, go ahead. Well, people don't see the turnover that happens in a Mexican restaurant. When you I get see. your food in six minutes and you're out yep. in 20, yep. they turn that table three times. So if you put chicken out there or something like that, and you can get a 500 an acre and you can turn that three times and you get $15 of chicken, that's 15 times 15. That's a lot of revenue. Yeah. So just imagine the amount of revenue. If you create a story, uh, with that, we're talking about 15 to $30,000 per acre derived in a system that cuts costs versus $1,200 an acre. And we love $1,200 an acre. That's good corn and a good price. Oh, yeah. We get real excited about that. You know, that's 200 and that's what? It's, it's, uh, it's $5 corn and at, uh, what, 200 and some 50 bushels or something like that. So, yeah, that's that's remarkable. So what you're trying to tell me here is we've got, um, we've got the ability with your idea here is we're taking – we're getting more off of each acre – utilizing chickens, pigs, whatever. Um, it, this is not completely new. The, you know, there's been mixed-use farming for a long time. It's just that mixed-use farming went away or diversified farming operations went away through specialization. Mm-hmm. Are you going to be the leader of the comeback or is it happening anyway? Or do you think it doesn't happen, period, because well, most people won't do the work? That phone that just ruined our interview a little bit should show people a lot. Yep. You know, that phone has a camera, it has a calculator. It was worth $50,000 in 1987, that yep. technology. Yep. So everything and is And now you can buy get, it for 500 bucks. Everything's cheaper, it's smaller, and we're, we're basically going to be going to be going back in time and then you integrating technology into the stuff that we used to do with rotation. But the way this works, it's a beautiful thing. If you remember Tracy Bird had uh, 10 rounds with Jose Cuervo, Remember that song? <laughs> the song, yes. You know, he got up and he started dancing after one or two. Now, if you had 10, you would probably be puking at the toilet. Yeah. So that's the whole point of these systems is you have to be cognizant of the sigmoid curve and the in- inflection and impact on the landscape. Explain, so hey, wait, wait, the sig- sig- sigmoid curve. Help me out here. The sigmoid curve creates an S mm-hmm. and it has a very steep point. So yeah. I have a boy that's five and seven. You know, they're 21, 25 inches, 29. When they get about 7 to 14, they do all their growth. Uh-huh, right. Everything in nature follows that. Okay. So you're saying that we, we're all going, we're going through that also. Are we going through that with the return to diversified farming? Uh, no, no. Because we're not there yet. No, but this is just the understanding of how things grow and how we manage them to get that slope curve. And that's, you know, your, your, your finance people look at stuff like that as well. Are you, are you thinking that this is what's going to happen with your venture? 
this is just how I'm going to manage it. Um, I, I don't know how it will grow. I don't really care because if I, if I take care of the, the craft and get the right people in place, then we'll make a superior product. And it doesn't have to, again, carry the burden of feeding the world. We can take some of these concepts and principles, fundamentals, and put them in larger systems. So let's imagine you have an 80 that has a circular uh, irrigation. What, you know, the foundation of the stock croppers, we take solar energy, but we don't charge it. You know, we don't store a lot of it in batteries. It makes it move right away, which amplifies this arrangement of nature mm -hmm. so we could do that same thing on an 80 acre field very easily we we tie it to the center pivot the water and feed goes out to the animals we we grab all the solar energy it goes back into the grid and then we manage the uh the the crops with the manure just in time from the animals the cover crop feeds the worms and microbiology we can do all these things but we got to figure it out on a small scale and then we, we figured out like I did it last year organically with these guns, mm -hmm. whatever these, whatever is left of them. Mm -hmm. And then you integrate the technology and then we can think big and we can create all these iterations. All right. So you talked about a couple of things. First off, the burden of feeding the world. Now, I've been talking about this to my clients, and this is one thing that you and I both agree on. I've been hearing this since I was a kid. I'm about 10 years older than you, or 11 or 12 years older than you. And the first ag meeting I probably went to, it talked about feeding the world. American farm, feed the world. And, you know, I should have trademarked it back then because I'd be rich now. Um, we do feed the world. It's the most noble of all causes, mm -hmm. and uh, we feel good about that. We've also used it to our detriment as an excuse because everything that we do, especially when we do it in a backward-ass uh, way or the way we've always done it, we justify it as, well, we've got to go out there and feed the world. And the reality is um, we produce enough right now to feed the world. One-third of all the food that we make globally is wasted. So what you're saying is it's not that feeding the world is somehow – not important. It's not that you and I are bashing on that that concept. It's that we've already kind of got it. So in other words, we've got commodity production down. Now that we have that down, let's look at the next thing. And that's really and, what you're saying. One of the first things you brought up is the capital intensive nature of farming. So that has led to less and less and less and less farmers. And we say we're two percent, but we're really less than one percent. Yeah, about less. Yeah, about a half percent that actually are producing. And uh, why are there less and less farmers? Because it's capital intensive. And why does it capital intensive? Because you have to farm a thousand acres to have enough, yeah, you know, more, volume right. to to be able to buy the equipment. Yep. So what the true problem is, we haven't created a way for a person to farm twenty or forty acres and make a good living. If you're just farming corn and soybeans. No, it's going to have to be your, your, your only way. And I talk about it in my book, uh, Food Fear. I know you're a fan of. The only way small uh, lot agriculture production works is if it's heavily niched. And that's what we're talking about here. So let's look. Let's say I want to grow pigs efficiently, like a Tyson model. Let's say I build a big barn, but I don't want to use you know Tyson or someone like that. Well, if I go to market and I overrun my headlights and overrunning your headlights just mean you produce so much that you can't sell it locally. Yep. You have to wholesale it. I have to go to Tyson. Yeah. You got to go to and a They're going to pay me some fraction. matrix that's, that's, I can't even get to because I don't have the buying power. Yep. have all the sows, get, the, get, get all these inputs bought, hedged correctly. So there's no way I can scale this down. You look at Canada, they have a, like the, you know, this quota system. So there are smaller deals, but milk $6. Yep. It's not profitable. So until. No, it's, put, pro it's profitable. It's not efficient for them. Yeah. It's yeah. Profitable for the producer, but yeah, it's not efficient for the consumer. So the, so the root of our problem is that we have to find value in 
arrangements and we have to find value and expression and, and, and slope curves and things like that and adding entities and building vertical integration. So we have to have a bigger piece of the pie. As you know, I mean, you, you can grow 150 bushel wheat. If it's $7, I take that. How much bread is going to be made retail price on the shelf? Yeah. 100,000. How yeah. much part of that is the farmer? Yeah, very little. So, yeah, the point is very, very little wheat actually on a percentage basis in each loaf of bread. But, uh, the, but the big problem, to be honest, for our humanity is you got fossil fuels. If it takes five or 10 calories to process that grain down to bread, then we're losing the battle. But if we can think arrangement and have the animal walk off mm -hmm. then we no longer have to go through all these layers and have all these pieces of equipment buy all these inputs to farm all these acres to to so it is is this vicious cycle that i'm just trying to create a new way and i think we should make sure we tell all our friends out here in the world of agriculture that listen to the business of agriculture podcast neither you nor i are against feeding the world it's simply the a new mindset like you and i both agree on we've got commodity production pretty well down what's next meaning what's next that we can do it in a different way that actually we're talking about bringing more profit to somebody like you and here's the thing if i die okay so i'm i'm you know my dad died my uncle died at a very young age so i think about death probably more than other people but if i die am i worried that someone's gonna create stock cropper in this uh property like we're with perennial food crops and work the animals and stuff like that what's going to happen when i die to the acres that i have to manage now what are they going to do with it? Um, that depends uh, on a lot of things. So what do you think is going to happen with They're it? They're going to grow corn and soybeans. They're going to go right back to what's I'm, I'm not worried that that yeah. is not going to happen. Yeah, the point is that, <laughs> you know what, you just brought up another thing that's kind of funny, Jason, because a long time ago, since I'm somewhat in the creative business, uh, and uh, it was uh, I read something, I thought, that's brilliant. He said, don't worry about people stealing your brilliant ideas. If it's a brilliant idea that's new and different, you'll have to cram it down people's throats. They won't not only not steal it, they won't even accept it, right? Right. So, yeah, what you're talking about doing is if uh, if this thing, when you go away, it'll probably become whatever's easiest, which would be, like you said, commodity production. So let me tell you, let's talk about what you're doing here. Um, and while you're getting your, your diagram pulled up, um, uh, his, his drawing um, – I want to remind you again to check out my work over at Extreme Ag. Go to ExtremeAg.farm. It's a great website with lots of video content, and you can see what new trials those guys are doing. Remember, they've made the mistakes. So you don't have to. So if you're an agricultural producer looking for an edge, do check out what we're doing over at Extreme Ag. Also, some of the business side of it. Speaking of business, all right, Jason Mock, uh, this is over here. We're sitting at his facility that he just bought, and I know this is you can't really completely see it, but what we got here, if you happen to be watching, is an artist's rendering like would uh, be whenever – you know, some new concept is going to happen here. And he's got about 190 acres that's near Interstate 69 and the Highway 3032, which uh, goes into the town of Muncie, which is where Ball State University is. And he's talking about now making this, what did you describe it as? The agricultural Disneyland. Yeah. So what's I, going to happen? I see the picture that, that uh, these guys, uh, our listeners need to understand that you're serious about this. What happens? What's it going to be? What's, what's going to happen here? You know, the biggest problem with, with business is we, we, we let um, people in our organization be the interface. And, and I want ag to be interfaced with the community. So, you know, we, 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 we've, we've created all these brands. We've created carbon credits. We've created all this uh, stuff to try to add value to products. I want to add transparency 
and make a place where they can come out and they can see how we've uh, created these natural algorithms with the stock croppers. We're going to have concerts. We're going to have sports fields. We're going to have all these reasons for people to come out. We're going to create a destination. All right. So there are, this has been done in different regards, whether it's uh, amusement parks or uh, now agritourism is the hot buzzword. And I, I will say that the one thing about agritourism, it tends to be this time of year, you know, it's pumpkin, it's pumpkin patches and straw mazes and hay rides. And that's not really agriculture. You're going to do something different. You are going to show them what really is agriculture. So I've heard the, you know, the Fair Oaks comparison or something like that. What does Fair Oaks do? Fair Oaks shows you we are a big producer of milk. And we're going to show you how we do it. And we're going to show you how our calves are born. And we're going to. Uh, but it's milk, 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 milk. They have hogs too, but yes. We're going to have a lot more entities. We're going to have a hundred different entities. We're yes. going to be growing 20 different things. And we're going to be integrating the livestock with the plants, with the cover crops, with the perennial food crops. And we're going to vertically integrate those products and the brands and the beers and the pies. So your idea is there's going to be barley and, and hops growing over here. And you're not really going to grow all enough barley and hops to produce all your beer, but you're going to show how they're grown. You're going to, in between the rows, you're going to also have some lambs grazing. And then you're going to show that we can do this. And then you're going to be selling the customer beer yep. and lamb. Yep. And you'll have that beer when you're listening to good music. Uh, we, we bought this because there's a, there's a floodplain out here. So we got 40 or 50 foot of elevation on both sides, which creates a natural algorithm. And I, I love music because it's it's expression. And it's it, that's kind of the theme here is for you to be you because the world needs you to be you, not like your neighbor. All right. So uh, what your vision out here is, it's not going to be corn and soybeans and you're going to have meat animals and you're going to demonstrate the interspersing of meat animals amongst uh amongst horticultural uh, mm -hmm. production. You're going to have the tourism side of it. Uh, you're going to have people out here then that listen to music. There's, you're going to tie in. And you spoke a lot about collaboration. Tell me, you can't possibly do this on your own in any sort of a timetable because you got a lot to do. Tell me about right. the collaborations that you see happening or that you've already got working. So instead of just the broad what collaboration is, let's look at this where we're at doing this interview here, we're Airbnb in it now, but we want to have four day Ray or fountain city brewing come here and start a brewery. Those are breweries. Yes. Okay. Now I'm not just offering them a place to put a brewery. There's a lot of people that say, Hey, put a brewery here. Now imagine if I go to them and I say, okay, not only are you going to have a brewery here, but we're going to raise hops out here and create a story and a brand that's going to value add. Yep. But now you can actually serve that here at concert events We've got a hotel right next to you that we can serve there at the bar. Mm -hmm. And we create all these dimensions of value for them to have a reason to come here. So the whole structure of this property is going to be a, a revenue share, hopefully 80, 20, something like that, where instead of the music venue being promoted and going through all those, we give them a direct conduit of value and say, Hey, if you promote the hell out of this and you get 5,000 people and tickets are $50, yep. then you recoup most of that money. And that's, and, and as we build success, you know, that's kind of how you get that gravity well created. As you build success and good stories for people, you attract bigger and, and better things. So how many people are going to be out here having a business entities besides you? There's going to be a brewer. There's going to be. I mean, we, we don't have enough time, Damien. Let's look at this woods. Okay. So we've got 80 acres of woods, but this original property was 12. So we took our pigs, 
We had uh, 55 pigs. We moved them every single week around that woods, mm -hmm. 11 or 12 times. Yep. So we removed the, the trees. Now we got a pasture. Now I got a spot. I can make a walking trail and people can come out exercising and have cross country events. But I had a guy out here last week that is going to drill holes and inoculate that entire woods. And we're going to have mother of all morales, mushroom hunting, you know, that first warm spell in April, we're going to have all these different mushrooms, which we can put now into our uh, value streams with Muncie meats. We can retail it up here at the barn. All everything that here we want to sell the production and the supply and vertically integrate and add value and get value of the waste. And so your uh, your concept is you're just cutting out uh, you're, you're you're cutting out a lot of stuff and you're you're doing the value creation on your own. And what do you see as being the struggle? What's going to be the challenge? First off, time. The the, the struggle is just is how you design it. If you design things where they take responsibility and they have an upside, but they, they take the risk. Like I'm, I'm not going to pay this guy to inoculate my woods. He's going to take a risk and have enough faith in me that I'm going to create enough value and traffic that it's worth for him to spend say $3,000 to inoculate that woods. And then he gets so much of the mushrooms coming off that is the rest of a lifetime. So that's why I say the, the building momentum is once you create value for other people, people are going to be attracted to it. And the more people we can bundle and complement each other and create a destination, then it's going to be limitless. The amount of people have you, have you Have you approached people about this new vision for uh, creating your own ag economy? And they said, you're nuts. This is crazy. Uh, no, I'm not going to do it. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I know, but you have, haven't you? Oh, every day. I mean, yeah. everybody. It says, no, it's just part. too crazy. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. You know what word I hear all the time, and it used to get under my skin, is why don't you just do this and be done with it? Mm -hmm. And I've always heard since I was young that, oh, Jason, he's really smart, but he has no common sense. <laughs> so <laughs> what makes define common sense? Because mm -hmm. to me, common sense is that you conform uh -huh. and that you 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 see the system in place right. you play by the rules yep. and you and you have success in that so when you're swimming outside of that that's what you're going to get yeah and that's fine i mean you know you're talking to a guy that i quit corporate america in the job that everybody said oh good job Mark. that's good job good job i quit my job to become a bill clinton impersonator so i <laughs> i swim outside of the i swim outside of the buoy, buoys a little bit myself because you know and then after you pull it off after four years and you're in movies and you're making money i'm like oh god damn must be nice you know he, he just looked like bill clinton all the success came to him and it's like well, nobody thought that when I quit and like was doing hundred dollar gigs in people's basements, uh, you know. So I get all that. I got no problem. You had to, right there. You had to get good at your craft, though. Yeah. You were never going to get that big gig unless you did something for free. Yeah, hundred dollar gigs. Yeah. You get good. Yeah, you do humiliating stuff until and finally you're good. That's all we're talking about here. Is when you're shaving, you're looking in the mirror, and you're like. What do you you're think? Getting, you're, you're creating a craft. It's yeah. a, a craftsman economy just as much. There's as a have. lot of moving parts with what you're talking about beyond just creating a comedy act and uh, marketing and the creative uh, aspect of that. You're talking about a creative part, a marketing play, as well as a production play, as well as a, <clears throat> you know, you're a site developer at this point. Uh, you know, I look at this <laughs> this drawing. You're talking about a site developer. You're talking about there's a there's a contractor role. There's a site developer. There's a visionary. What's your strength? Is your strength doing the work or having the idea? Um, is uh, is I know it, when to pull the rope hard, mm -hmm. and I know <laughs> the right 
people to do things. And, and, you know, one thing that I did as a landscaper, I, I you know, I, I think back on those years and it's starting to kind of <laughs> make sense, but the way I would uh, approach then is I'd have this baseball talk, you know, you can bat 174, you're going to be stuck in single a, 242 you can go double a whatever you can be a star you can stud i'll pay you as much as you want Mm -hmm. it just depends on how you show up and once you create a culture of people taking responsibility and then also i was talking about earlier our fundraisers and things like that we at muncie meets we have solely focused on giving back the community community enrichment yep and we we give checks to schools and churches and organizations two or three or four or five times a week and when your employees see that that's what you're about and then you come to work and you don't talk and micromanage them over if they're cutting meat right, you talk about your family and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You create a culture where people are attracted and they want to work. Mm-hmm. They want to take responsibility. They want to impress you. And, and it's this, this isn't just fluff talk. This is real life. And if you want to get big things done, everyone's got to be on your team and everybody wants you to win. When you talk about creating your own ag economy, uh, where does this go? I mean, I, I agree that we can do this value-added stuff. Um, right now, things are a little screwy because we're talking about whether products are available and we've got inflation and, and all that. But in general, the American consumer is well off. Uh, the American consumer is uh, looking for ways to spend money. They're looking for ways to uh, certainly the upper half of uh, our customer base. I always tell my ag crowd this. They, they don't mind spending more for food if it's a story that means something about them. That's what our customers want. So you see the customer coming here and saying, I bring my children and they get to see the lamb eating amongst the, you know, the, the barley and doing this and this and this. That's all cool. Is there anything that you, you know, gets you really excited that you see that I'm not seeing? Because I see a lot of work, but I see a lot of potential with this. Is there anything you see that I'm not seeing? Well, we've got things we haven't talked about a little bit on how to make this work because it it seems like a daunting task, but that's where the collaboration and stuff comes it's in. It's a very daunting one, task. You've got, you got 190 acres here that you're going to turn into all this thing, and it's uh, right now it's mostly green field. Right, right. With some livestock, with some livestock facilities and a couple of buildings. But the, the savvy farmer, the savvy farmer, if he wants to keep a door open, he won't go back to the shop and make some widget he'll just look for a rock you know if he's got to hit something so the the thing with collaboration and and creating this vertically integration value chain that we've kind of done in the last year is you can't go out and say you're going to do this and this unless you have these problems solved for you to get to that point so the the big thing for here is if we're going to have uh like the stock cropper brand and create a a way for people to add value then we've got to have a way to process those animals we got to have shelf space uh, we've got to have distribution, logistics, and all that stuff. And that is going to allow us to, to complement and add value to these people. You know, they're on, you're not just going to bombard uh, the local hippie uh, farm market every Saturday and it's all going to be swell. I mean, and, and that's the beautiful thing about social media now and YouTube. And, and, uh, and we talk about our own economy. Now we're on our own media. Yeah. And if we if we do something different, although it's although it's somewhat censored, we're not completely in charge, uh, <laughs> depending on what you put out there. You're not really in charge. But, yes, it's more democratized than it used to be, for sure. Exactly. It used to be you needed to get Walter Cronkite or the Channel 8 from Indianapolis to come and cover you. And now you just cover it yourself. Yeah. So 
everything is going to be designed with how it's going to play out. I would just want to share one little funny thing. We got a golf course out here. <laughs> okay. This wants to be, we want this to be a brew house. So we have tons of light pollution already. We got 69. We got this big distribution place. So we're already half lit up. So why uh, let's just lit the whole dang thing up and have night golf. Now let's imagine you're out here. We both had three or four IPAs. We're feeling pretty good. You said, Hey, let's go. Uh, we got a hole in one contest coming from uh, 11 to midnight and we've got a camera on every green and I go out, you get blue balls. I get green balls. He has yellow balls. He has purple balls. 10 people hit balls towards it with surveillance. We have 50 people trying to hit hole in one. Everyone puts 50 bucks in the pot. The winner comes back. He wins $12,000 of the night. It's amazing. Yep. All the greens funnel into the hole. Like somebody's going to do it. You give that guy a video. He goes back to his buddies. I won 12,000. Yeah, right. Check this video out. Right. Everything is going to be designed for experience and it's going to be a different experience. And all this space, if we think about all this stuff and how it, how the marketing kind of takes care of itself, instead of paying WMDH, Hey, come on out. Yeah. That's right. blue, blue, blue. yeah. So what this I'm wondering is, is new, yeah, so your your right. concept is you just described. By the way, we didn't even tell the listener that we got three holes out here, or three greens, and with multiple different teeing stations for some golf. So there's there's a, a small golf course. Um, there's going to be the animals. There's going to be, but it's, it's it's not just a petting zoo. This is actually you can come here and see what we're doing, and then also buy our product. And then you know you've got all these different thoughts. Uh, what about the seasonality of it? Uh, you know, that's fine. Yeah. This is another thing that bothered me when I was a landscape contractor. Well, what do you do in the wintertime? Yeah, right. And first off, I would be like, well, I kicked ass every day in the summer. Yeah. Second off, I'm going to go out and sell yeah. and get better accounts and get yeah. out of my own, uh, push snow. And then I do other stuff. Uh, but why, why do we have to do the same damn thing every day? I mean, yeah. like, uh, and that's another, I talked about overrunning our headlights uh -huh. and building our own scarcity. I want to have blueberries, raspberries, strawberries. Why should I have 10 acres of strawberries and get myself in a position where I have to wholesale and cheapen myself? Yep. Let's put a 16th acre of strawberries and let's make it to where it takes 200 people coming out and picking it by hand and then they're gone. Yep. And that's the thing that we're trying to get to. Yeah, so you don't ever want to get to where you start to resemble big bulk quantity production because then you're just back to that thing of, well, I've got I got five green bins of soybeans now and I'm just going to have to be the get on and figure out how to hedge it. You're looking at more of create smaller lots of it that you can burn through with the number of people you come that come yeah. through here. And a tangent here, this is a this is a pretty big tangent, but you're known you know, for those. We're in a commodity mindset. Next is labeling, right? We label next is transparency. The next is kind of the five senses. You got seeds, smell, touch. But then the next one over that is your, your imagination and your intellect and stuff like that. And we just want to push those layers and have people out that actually remember their Saturday. And mm -hmm. I want people to come out here and, and, you know, I take my kids to the zoo. Once you see so many walruses and stuff, two or three hours, you want to go home, you know, we have to do that for a few months. I want people to like, think it takes like multiple weekends to get through all this stuff. Yeah. The idea is you, you, you want this design. to be, you don't want this to be a once every six years come through it for an afternoon thing. You yeah, want this I, to be a, re, you yeah. want them to be a repeat. So, so the great thing about being weird is that you, the Cincinnati zoo is just like the Indianapolis zoo probably. Right. Yep. And like the Chicago zoo. Yeah. But 
if you're if, if you can make something weird happen and it's got some forethought then it, it, it's unique yeah then when they come back it's a different experience okay. the next time yeah i like it you're gonna have booze or just beer eventually well i'd like to have uh homegrown bourbon yeah yeah beer wine his name is jason mock if you want to keep up with what he does how do they find you I don't answer voicemail, so he's always putting stuff on social media yeah. about his new, his latest, his latest trick that he's doing, his latest thing that he's trying. Uh, it's Constant Canopy was the initial brand. Muncie Meats. It's M U N S E E. MuncieMeats.com. Um, check me out on uh, Twitter, Jason Mock One. Uh, but I don't know. Um, one thing I really want to plug in that I really get to, uh, but. One thing that really drives me, my uncle David, I brought his cattle in this morning at this place. We took it up and we're going to get that back next week. And we're going to put his product in the local gas station and the local restaurant. We're going to create his own brand similar to the same exact e-commerce as our fundraisers. We're going to create brands for farmers and we're going to give them more, more price for the product via packaging. So this is all kind of interlayered instead of him wholesaling at a dollar a pound, if we can get $4, give him 10 to 15% back a conduit value. Uh, that got in place today, and I'm super excited. That's where this is heading, is empowering farmers to have their own brand. And uh, it's all going to work together. Just give me another year. We'll be working on something something else, and hopefully some of this stuff gets, gets I was here a year ago. I'll come back next year, and uh, and we'll we'll, uh, we'll see how this is rolling. All right, his name is Jason Mock. My, stop, stop bouncing my table. You're making my camera move. His name is Jason Mock. My name is Damon Mason. Until next time, it's the business of agriculture. This episode of the business of agriculture was brought to you by Land Trust. Landowners just like you are increasing profitability by adding recreation to their portfolio of land use. Millions of recreators actively seek wide open spaces for bird watching, photography, hunting, fishing, horseback riding, and many other farm and ranch activities. Owners of farm and ranch properties are partnering with Recreation Access Network Land Trust. Land Trust is an online platform connecting recreators with landowners for outdoor experiences on their land to increase profitability. Visit landtrust.com/boa as in business of agriculture to learn more. That's landtrust.com slash B-O-A.